Good evening. My name is Sarah Morant with the Government of Alberta, and I'll be your host tonight for this telephone town hall. Tonight, I'm joined by Bree Hutchinson, Executive Director with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Peter Tufik, Officer in Charge of Community Safety and Wellbeing Branch for the Alberta RCMP, and Dave Brown, Director of Environmental Health for the Central Zone with Alberta Health Services. In addition, I'm supported tonight with colleagues from many departments in the government of Alberta, including the Department of Health, Municipal Affairs, Education, Agriculture and Irrigation, Jobs, Economy and Northern Development, Indigenous Relations, Environment and Protected Areas, Mental Health and Addiction, and Seniors, Community and Social Services. Before we hear from our speaker, let me start by explaining how this town hall will work. Right now, Albertans whose communities have been affected by the wildfires are connecting to the call, and you will soon have a chance to ask questions. You can get in line to ask that question right now or anytime by pressing star three, and you will be routed to an operator who will ask your name and your community. We ask that you try to keep your question brief because there are many people on the line. And in order to ensure our speakers can address as many questions as possible, I will read each question out loud. Now, before I welcome our speak speaker to say a few words, I will just take a moment to remind you of three important pieces of information. To learn more about the supports available for evacuees and about the wildfire status, please visit alberta.ca slash emergency or call 310-4455. As well, if you or someone in your community is seeking mental health support, we encourage you to call 211 at any time to find resources. I would like to now welcome our speaker for this evening, Bree Hutchinson, Executive Director with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Bree, please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us for tonight's telephone town hall. We know this is a really difficult time for many of you, and I hope this platform helps you get the information you need. Tonight, I'm joined by representatives from across the Alberta government, the RCMP, and the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Before we get to your questions, I'll start with a few reminders of the resources available to you and how best to access them. We encourage everyone who has evacuated to register with your local authority or online with the Alberta government at emergencyregistration.alberta.ca. Registering makes it easier for us to connect you with resources and to give you local updates on your community. We recognize this is an incredibly difficult situation and financial help is available. You are eligible for an emergency evacuation payment if you've had to leave your primary residence for seven days or more due to an evacuation order. Secondary residences and recreational properties are not eligible. These one-time payments can help ease the costs of being away from home and pay for accommodations, food, and other necessities. Applying online at alberta.ca slash emergency is the best way to get these payments with funds sent by e-transfers within 24 hours. However, 
If you are unable to receive an e-transfer, you can visit one of 16 Alberta Supports offices or visit reception centers in Edmonton or Calgary to get a prepaid debit card. If you need additional emergency support, you can also call 310-4455, which is staffed 24-7. I encourage all evacuees who are eligible to apply for evacuation payments as soon as possible. The wildfire situation in the province continues to be highly unpredictable and extreme fire conditions are expected to persist through the remainder of the weekend. Thank you to all Albertans who have been impacted by the wildfires for their cooperation in evacuating and keeping each other as safe as possible. We recognize the challenges evacuees are facing, particularly for those with damage to their property, homes, or businesses. We are working hard to ensure the safety of Albertans and the protection of their property these remain our top priorities. Alberta continues to be under a provincial state of emergency. The fire danger is rated very high to extreme in Northern Alberta and rated high to very high along the Eastern slopes of the Rockies. There are currently 22 states of local emergency, five ban council resolutions, and an estimated 10,678 Albertans evacuated at this time. There are 14 reception centers open for affected areas, and the total number of evacuation orders now stands at 17. We know that Albertans understandably have many questions. Alberta.ca slash emergency is a good source of up-to-date information on a variety of other wildfire-related topics, such as evacuation and financial supports, the latest evacuation orders, and information on community re-entry. I'd also like to remind anyone living in a community on evacuation alert to please ensure you're prepared to leave your home quickly. A few simple actions like gathering medications and fueling up vehicles can make the process of evacuation go, go more smoothly. There is a detailed list on alberta.ca slash be prepared that outlines all the steps needed to be well prepared in case of evacuation. Also, please ensure you know the best and safest route to use in the event of an evacuation. We recently became aware of evacuees using online maps like Google or Apple Maps to navigate out of an evacuated zone. Unfortunately, some of these maps are not updated and could lead residents into dangerous areas. When navigating in or near an evacuation zone, please refer to road information published by your local authority or go to 511.alberta.ca for the latest information on provincial highways. 511 has the latest updates on highway closures, road visibility, and detours. Thank you for joining the call this evening. We're pleased to be able to answer your questions and connect you to resources. Please continue to follow updates on the wildfire situation across the province, and please stay safe. Thank you for that, Bree. And for anyone who's just joining us, my name is Sarah Morant with the Government of Alberta, and I am your host for tonight's Town Hall. If you would like to join our conversation by asking a question, you can do so right now by pressing star three, or for those listening online, by entering a question in the online portal. Tonight, I'm joined by Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Peter Tufik with the RCMP, and Dave Brown with Alberta Health Services. In addition, I'm supported tonight with colleagues from many departments across the government of Alberta who are here to answer your questions. Those departments that are here tonight include the Department of Health, 
municipal affairs, education, agriculture and irrigation, jobs economy and northern development, indigenous relations, environment and protected areas, mental health and addiction, and seniors community and social services. Tonight we are talking about the changing wildfire situation with communities who've been affected by evacuation orders. And if you have a question right now or at any time, please press star three and you'll be entered into our queue. Now, I would like to get to the first question of the evening. This was submitted by, by a listener online and they say, I saw that some communities like in East Prairie were allowed to go back to their community for about an hour to check on things. Will other communities be allowed to do this? So I'll have Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Thank you for your question. We do know that some communities have been allowing citizens to go back to check in on their properties, on their livestock, et cetera. I encourage you to speak directly to your local authorities about this though, to determine the safest route available and when and where you can do this. Not all communities are doing this depending on the fire uh, risks and we, our first priority is the safety of you as well. So please contact your local authorities for further question about whether or not your community will allow you to go back and check on your things. Thanks for that, Bree. The next question was also submitted in the online portal by Mark. And Mark says, are the RCMP doing anything to check on stuff in Swan Hill? So I'll have Peter Tufik with the RCMP. Please go ahead. Yes, thanks for your question. Um, I can certainly share that we are working to keep Swan Hill secure while it's evacuated. And I can share with you, there was one reported suspicious occurrence yesterday in Swan Hills that was resolved and was non-criminal in nature. Um, I also want to say that crime in our evacuated communities remains low, and we have the tools and tactics in place to keep evacuated communities safe. Um, and I'd like to expand on what we're doing in all evacuated communities that includes Swan Hills. Um, we continue to employ a number of strategies to keep evacuated communities safe and secure, and these include officers controlling access to the evacuated communities, roving patrols, quick response teams, and investigative teams. We're also leveraging technology through drones, static cameras, and bait vehicles. And these tools allow us to quickly direct resources on the ground to areas where we detect suspicious activity. From our data and intelligence, we know who the priority offenders are in these areas, those people that are creating the greatest harm in our communities. And our crime reduction units are proactively targeting these offenders with the goal of apprehending them or disrupting their criminal activity. And I'd like to share some examples if I could. So today, our CMP members that are assisting us from British Columbia were conducting roving patrols. They were aware of a suspicious vehicle in the area around Evansburg through some of the information and intelligence that we have. The team identified the vehicle and ultimately arrested three priority offenders from another community. Recently, our crew teams in Peace River made three arrests on priority offenders they targeted in that area. And our drones detected a suspicious mail and our ground teams were able to, to respond, make an arrest and recover stolen property. Thanks for that information, Peter. Our next question was submitted by Eileen who is listening online tonight. And Eileen says, I haven't been evacuated for the full seven days yet. Can I just apply in advance to get this done? 
And I'll have my colleague Maggie Carroll with Seniors Community and Social Services. Please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Eileen, for the question. Um, very smart of you to apply early. You do not need to be out seven days to make the application. Your eligibility as a community that's been evacuated will be contingent upon the seven days. But if you go to alberta.ca slash emergency, you can commence your application now. And once your community is eligible for the EEP payments, that's the emergency evacuation payment, your benefit will be issued to you. If you do not have support or cannot apply online, you have other options as well. You may attend to an Alberta Support Center and we can help you with those applications as well. If you're in a center that is near one of our extended hours, we have 16 of our sites that are open for extended hours. We're open from Monday to Friday, 8 a.m., 8.15 a.m. to 8 p.m., and then on Saturday and Sunday from 9 to 3. You can also be supported by the Edmonton uh, Expo Center. We have folks on the ground there for distribution. We also have folks on the ground in Calgary right now, just moved over to the Mount Royal University campus. Thank you, uh, Irene, and um, all the best. Thanks, Maggie. And for those that have just joined the conversation, if you would like to ask a question, you can do so right now or at any time by pressing star three on your phone. And for those listening online, you can submit your question into the online portal and it'll be entered into our queue. The next question comes from Ross, who is from Yellowhead County. And Ross says, are there any restrictions on getting fire insurance in the town of Edson? So I'll have Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Please go ahead. Hi, Ross, and thank you for the question. During wildfire events like we're seeing right now throughout Alberta, insurance companies commonly initiate temporary restrictions on the sale of new insurance policies for the areas that are under imminent threat. We know that the evacuation order was lifted for the town of Edson, but there are still some wildfires around the area. Because of that, some insurance companies may still have some restrictions, but others may not. So if you do want to get insurance, I would encourage you to shop around, to reach out to your local broker or agent, or even look around online to see if you're able to purchase insurance. Now, if you have a renewal, that's taking place. Renewals take place regardless of the wildfire threat. So even if you're evacuated, your insurance renewal will still proceed. For some insurance policies, they also include a special endorsement called a Declaration of Emergency Endorsement. And what that special endorsement does, it extends the expiry date of an insurance policy when an emergency is declared by government. Like right now, we have a provincial state of emergency, and there's also many local states of emergency in a variety of different communities. So I would encourage you to reach out as soon as you can to an insurance representative to understand the options available to make sure that you can get the coverage that you need. Thanks for the question, Ross. Thanks, Rob. Our next question was submitted online from Stephanie. And Stephanie says, 
Can you tell us what the status of the fire is like in Fox Creek? So I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Good evening, Stephanie. Um, that ball fire is burning out of control. Technically, it's one of the classifications that we use for, for wildfires. It's 77,599 hectares in size. But the containment lines that we've been building and working on over the last few weeks uh, north of the town of Fox Creek are continuing to hold. Uh, a large portion of the wildfire did see a bit of precipitation. Um, precip, uh, which is a bit of rain overnight, which is helping to quiet the fire behavior uh, that we saw this morning. And it did allow helicopters to fly again over particular areas. Um, now, the firefighters could continue fighting on the ground and uh, heavy equipment operators were continuing working on some of those containment, containment lines that they've made progress with already. Um, there were some crews in the Eosagon Lake area patrolling the fire guard, attacking hot spots, which are, are um, what they're doing is following there and looking for parts of the fire that might flare up, that are still smoking, the, the rest may seem to have settled down, but they're looking for areas that they can target um, um, hot spots, turn them over and make sure they're extinguished. This is really important work in, in tackling the, uh, containing the fire long term. Uh, the firefighters were also working west of Highway 43, um, making good progress there with the work that they were doing. Um, the work south of the highway is scheduled. It's going to be reinforced with some heavy equipment and, and building dozer guards. So we, we certainly have a lot of uh, people working on that fire, 40 firefighters and support uh, personnel on that fire. We have 17 helicopters on the fire and, uh, and assistance from you know, uh, from Oregon, Colorado, uh, the uh, armed forces and New Brunswick as well. So a lot of people working on this fire. Uh, and the good news is the existing lines that we've created to contain the fire to the north and west of the town are continuing to hold. And we haven't seen any significant growth towards the community. Thanks so much for that, Christy. And the next question was submitted from Gerald, who is listening online. And Gerald says, I know we received some information from our town and some information from the province. What systems are in place to ensure that this information and the communication is actually coordinated? So I'll have Steve Murphy, my colleague with the Department of Municipal Affairs, please go ahead. Hi, Gerald. Municipal Affairs is maintaining regular contact with key officials of the municipalities directly affected by wildfires. Staff from Municipal Affairs have been reaching out to local elected officials regularly to share information on key events and decisions, such as the declaration of a provincial state of emergency, details of telephone town halls, and have also contacted uh, with, uh, connected, sorry, with chief administrative officers about the situation in their communities to assist in connecting them with resources and information and to answer their questions. This process gives local officials an easy mechanism to contact municipal affairs with any arising questions or concerns. We will continue to stay connected with these local officials to share information with them and, and invite them to share information and ask questions for as long as this is needed. Lastly, alberta.ca slash emergency always has the latest available information. Thanks for that, Steve. 
And for those who have just joined the conversation and would like to ask a question, I'll remind you or inform you, you can do that by pressing star three on your phone, or for the people listening online, you can submit it into that online portal. The next question is from Connie, who is from Edson. And Connie says, will you look at reimbursing the 8,000 people from Edson and Yellowhead County who weren't able to find accommodations at the evacuation centers? So I'm going to start with my colleague, Maggie Carroll, with the Department of Seniors, Community and Social Services. Thank you, Sarah. Connie, uh, sad to hear about the circumstances for sure. The emergency evacuation payment is a, a benefit that we are issuing across the province for individuals who meet the eligibility criteria. One uh, of the important criteria is the fact that your community must have been evacuated for seven days. In some circumstances, seniors, community, and social services have been supporting individuals through emergency benefits. If they were unable to meet their immediate needs, we were able to issue emergency benefits. If your community did not qualify for the EEP benefit, then there would be other options depending on your available home insurance, but not through the EEP program. Sorry, I could not be more there, Connie. Well, thanks for that, Maggie. And perhaps I'll check with Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada to see if you have anything more to share with Connie. Hi, Connie. Home and tenant insurance policies cover the cost of additional living expenses like hotel accommodation and other living expenses from the moment that you are placed on evacuation order. So as soon as you're on evacuation order, your insurance policy is triggered and you do qualify for those additional costs. So if you're looking for reimbursement for hotel costs and other costs, that you may have incurred while you were evacuated, like additional food costs or laundromat services, they also qualify as well. I encourage you to reach out to your insurance representative right away and start that process. Many insurance companies also have 24 seven claim service. So you can report the claim at any time, or you can even go online and report the claim that way. But yes, your policy is triggered at day one. You do have coverage under your home and tenant insurance policy for these additional costs. And if you're looking for reimbursement, you start that claims process, an adjuster will be assigned and they will help you out based on your insurance policy coverage that you have. Thanks for the question, Connie. Thanks, Rob. The next question is submitted from Erin, who's listening online. And Erin says, is there childcare available at the evacuation centers? So I'll have my colleague Maggie Carroll with Seniors Community and Social Services, please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah, and thank you for the question. The evacuation centers are providing different level of responses depending on the need of individuals. If you're requiring childcare, they may make a referral or offer some assistance with the volunteers on site. The level of support that you can find at the evacuation centers varies. But if you have any reason why you require childcare while you're at an evacuation site, I would recommend that you call 310-4455 
if you need some financial assistance to try to meet that need, or maybe information about childcare providers in your area. There are individuals on that line that may be able to provide important information for you and make that uh, linkage for you. Thank you for the question. Thanks, Maggie. Our next question is submitted from Alan from Swan Hills. And Alan says, I know you have a deal with town. How come you don't have people working with the equipment there? So I'll have my colleague Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Thank you, Alan. And, and I'll, I'll try to work with the question here to understand uh, best what you're asking. But uh, we are working closely with the town of Swan Hills to ensure there's appropriate protection in place to support uh, the, the response to the fire that is nearby your town. So we have worked close with the town to provide structural protection units to ensure they're there to help deploy. Uh, there are folks on scene there from AEMA as well as from some other organizations. So we do have uh, people there to help support and staff and we do also have structural protection units there. Thank you for your question. Thanks, Bree. And our next question is submitted from Guy in East Prairie. Now, Guy has two questions. I'll start with the first. It says, is there any chance that the government asks for repayment of the evacuation support payments, similar to the CERB payments? So why don't I start there with Maggie Carroll from Seniors Community and Social Services, and then I'll go on to Guy's second question. Maggie, please go ahead. Thanks, Sarah. Guy, great question. The um, emergency evacuation payment is non-taxable, so you wouldn't be declaring it on your income tax. But in regards to overpayment or possibly having to return it, if you may, all of the eligibility criteria and the benefit was based on true and factual circumstances that you presented, then there is absolutely no worry of having to remake, uh, repay those payments at all. Those are to meet an emergency unforeseen circumstance and the province is providing that benefit to help you make it through. No, as long as you met all of the eligibility criteria and all the circumstances are reported to be true and correct, there's no um, reason you would have to remake that payment. Thank you, Geek. Thanks, Maggie. And moving on to Guy's second question, which I will um, address to Peter Tufik with the RCMP. Guy says, will there be any additional support for the police force in the evacuation locations? So Peter, please go ahead. Thanks for the question, Guy. We have the policing resources to keep all of our communities safe through this emergency, and we have additional support to sustain our efforts throughout the emergency. So we have trained staff that coordinate all of our resources through the Alberta RCMP Emergency Operations Center. We work closely with Alberta Emergency Management Agencies to monitor the situation as it unfolds and strategically deploy our police resources where they're most needed. We're able to shift those resources we have in the ground rapidly to respond to evolving situations. We have police officers throughout the province who are not in frontline operations day to day. In emergencies like this one, we're able to draw on those resources and deploy them where they're most needed. So I can share with you that to date, we've deployed close to 400 police officers from the Alberta RCMP, and we've coordinated the deployment of more than 100 resources from other Alberta law enforcement and partner agencies. 
As part of the RCMP policing contract, we're actually able to access RCMP resources from around the country seamlessly to assist us in an emergency just like this. So with the support of the government of Alberta, we have 21 resources from British Columbia that arrived earlier this week to assist us with our, our response. This gives us the ability to respond to an emergency of this scale and ensure we have adequate resources to meet the policing needs in communities that are not evacuated. Uh, the government of Alberta has supported us on our request to bring in additional police officers from other provinces to ensure the safety and security of all the communities that the RCMP police. So thanks again for your question, Guy. Thanks, Peter. And for anyone who has joined in the last few minutes and hasn't had a chance yet to join the conversation, I will remind you, you can do so by pressing star three on your phone. And for the folks listening online, you can submit a question into the online portal, just like the next question has done. This comes from Ron, who's listening online. And Ron says, can you tell us how many people are actually evacuated at this point? So I'll have my colleague, Bree Hutchinson with Alberta Emergency Management, please respond. Thank you for your question. So in total, we have evacuated over 38,000 residents in Alberta. Uh, that is to date in total from the start of the event. But currently, there are approximately 10,687 people that are evacuated in the province. Thanks, Bree. Our next question submitted from an online listener named Davin says, with all the wildfires in Alberta, are there enough insurance adjusters to handle all the claims? And I'll have Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Please go ahead. And that's a very good question. And I want to reassure you that yes, there are enough insurance adjusters to handle all the claims. The insurance companies have initiated their response plans and they're processing thousands of claims from around the province right now. There are both staff adjusters that are directly employed by the insurance companies, and there's also independent adjusters that work for many different companies. Across Canada, there are about 140,500 people directly employed in the insurance industry. This number is made up of adjusters, underwriters, brokers and agents, and many others. Insurance companies have the ability to utilize resources from other provinces to assist with the wildfire claims if needed. We know that the Alberta licensing regulator for the adjusters has been approving out-of-province adjusters license and been expediting them once and it's ensured that they meet the necessary requirements. The insurance industry is well capitalized and well prepared to handle the claims that are coming from the wildfires. And I don't want you to worry. If you have a claim, an adjuster will be assigned and your claim will be handled effectively. Thank you for the question. Thanks, Rob. Our next two questions have come in from individuals who are listening on the phone tonight. Brendan in Swan Hills says, what is the size of the fire and distance away from Swan Hills? Just an update, please. And then Stella, also from Swan Hills, has asked, can we have an update on what is going on in Swan Hills? 
So I'll have my colleague, Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, please respond to both Brendan and Stella's questions about Swan Hills. Good evening, Brendan and Stella. Uh, the fire affecting Swan Hills is, uh, is known as SWF 063, and it's um, approximately uh, 12 kilometers northwest of Swan Hills at the moment. It's technically classified as burning out of control and it has burned about 92,742 hectares so far. But we firefighters are continuing to work in the northern end of the wildfire extinguishing hotspots and heavy equipment uh, continues to build a fire guard around the uh, any movement that the fire has taken, uh, particularly um, when it moves towards the East Prairie Métis settlement. And firefighters are working to extinguish any hot spots along the edge of those fire guards. So uh, that's what I was talking about a bit earlier when we have firefighters going through, looking for areas that are still burning, small embers, anything that could ignite again, or flare up in wind. And they're just doing the, they're, they're soaking it, they're turning them over. They're just doing the, what they can to actually put out those hot spots and put out the fire. So that's work that they do along the edge to help expand um, the uh, effectiveness of those fire guards we're building. On the south end of the wildfire, we do have heavy equipment working there, building a fire guard and, and again, firefighters working on hot spots there. So altogether, we have 56 firefighters and four heavy equipment groups that are all working together on, on this fire. We did see a little bit of activity on the fire because there were some gusts of 40, um, 40 kilometers per hour of the wind, and wind can have an extreme effect on fire. But actually, in this case, the fire was burning back onto itself, so it didn't gain any ground. Uh, it was burning into area that had already burned. Um, it was smoky, but the, they have been making good progress, and at the moment, um, the, our lines are, are holding, and there's no immediate concern for the community of Swan Hills. We're looking forward to experiencing some rain uh, coming up in the next day or so, and hoping that will help firefighters who are working to make a real difference on this fire. Thanks for that, Christy. And Thanks for the questions and the questions that continue to come in. If you are joining now and you want to participate in the conversation, you can do so by pressing star three on your phone and submitting a question, just like Monica in Swan Hills has done. Monica asks, the seven days, does that start the day you were evacuated or the day after you were evacuated? So I'll have my colleague Maggie Carroll with Seniors Community and Social Services, please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. And Monica, this is such a great question for others as well. The seven days commences on the day of the evacuation. If you were evacuated, let's use today as an example, day one starts May 21st. If you were evacuated today on May 21st, this is day one. The 22nd is day two, 23rd, 24th, 25th, until you reach that seven-day mark. So it's effective. The first day is the date of the evacuation notification. Great question. Thank you, Monica. Thanks so much, Maggie. And our next question submitted from Randy in Edson. And Randy says, if we have limited resources to fight the fires, how come we have not recruited the help of the oil and gas companies to help fight this by bringing in the resources 
such as water. So I'll start with my colleague, Bree Hutchinson, with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Bree, please go ahead. Thank you for the question. So we have been working closely with a number of companies on this matter, not just oil and gas, but we there are companies in Alberta that provide this specific service in regards to emergency. Uh, and we do work with all to ensure we are getting the right help as needed on these sites. So not all can have certain resources depending on the location, how close they are to water, et cetera. But we do work with companies on this piece. And I encourage folks, if they do know of a specific company that has resources to support on this, to contact us at emergency support offers at gov.ab.ca. We'll make sure they're added to the queue as well. Thanks for that, Bree. And perhaps I'll also check in with Peter Tufik with the Alberta RCMP to see if you have anything more to share on this one. Sorry, could you repeat the question for me? Of course. Randy and Edson has asked, if we have limited resources to fight the fires, how come we have not recruited the help of oil and gas companies to help fight this by bringing in resources such as water. Now I know Bree did offer a very detailed response, but I thought I would just check with you, Peter, to see if the RCMP had anything more to share. Um, no, sorry, I have nothing more to share on this question. Thanks so much. Our next question submitted from Amanda, who's listening online. And Amanda says, what happens if you're evacuated from the town where your job is but not your home. There is no help for people that are evacuated in that situation. So I'll have my colleague Scott Beebe with Jobs, Economy and Northern Development. Please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Amanda, for your question. Employees who are unable to work due to an evacuation order, like in the situation that you described, are encouraged to file an employment insurance claim with Service Canada. Service Canada even has a special stream established to help expedite claims of this nature. You can also call 310-4455 to determine if there are any other supports available to you. Thank you again. Thanks, Scott. Our next question is from Trevor, who's listening online tonight. And Trevor says, if it rains enough, in the next few days, will I be allowed to go home? I'm from Swan Hills. So Chrissy with Alberta Wildfire, can you please go ahead on this one for Trevor? Um, well, Trevor, um, we can certainly are hoping for the best with the rain and I'm hoping it will do um, a significant amount of good work on behalf of the firefighters. We could certainly not be the people who make the call on whether or not folks go home, that is up to the to the community. So what we'll do is uh, do our best to fight the fire. We'll work on keeping it as far away from the community as we can. And we will provide all the information we can to the local authorities so that they're equipped to make the best decision for the safety of residents. Thanks, Christy. Our next question submitted online from Rachel says, I'm in an area with an alert what can I do to be prepared if I have to evacuate? What sort of things should I bring? And what should I do for my insurance in advance? 
So why don't I start with Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Bree, please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. An excellent question. So I'll start answering it, but I'm also going to encourage you to go to alberta.ca slash be prepared for further details on this. But if you're in an area that has an evacuation alert, the first thing we want you to do is make sure you have important documents, medications, clothing and supplies for up to seven days, uh, making sure you have anything you need for your pets and a plan to like can be safely evacuated, as well as any other family members or dependents who live with you. So bringing things, if you have a pet, such as uh, their travel carriers, their leashes, their collars, a supply of food, just some things to get you through seven days. We do have a bit of a detailed list like I said, on alberta.ca slash be prepared. We also encourage you to ensure that your vehicle is fueled and ready to go and you have easy access to um, phone chargers, et cetera, so that you can keep checking for updates online and ensure your evacuation route is as safe and you'll be able to get out as safely as possible by checking uh, the 511 report with Alberta as well. Great question, thank you. And perhaps I'll see if Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada has anything more to share with Rachel about what sort of insurance prep to do in advance of an evacuation. Thank you, Sarah, and excellent information, Bree. Rachel, one additional thing to add is to make sure that you know your insurance policy documents. Importantly, you want to know the phone number for your insurance representative your policy number, and also the claims phone number or online process for filing a claim if you need to. Why that's important is if you are evacuated, you can start claiming for additional living expenses from the day that you're evacuated for additional costs that you might have incurred. While you're on alert, what you should also be doing as well is most phones have a camera or video, or if you have a regular camera or a video recorder, is to take a video or pictures inside and outside of your home, including any other items that you may have, like vehicles, boats, trailers, garages, and sheds. As you're doing your walkthrough, make sure that you also open every single drawer every closet and look in every cupboard as well to make sure that you have pictures in video. If you are evacuated and if something does happen to your home, you might be asked to make a list of the items that were damaged or destroyed. It might be a bit difficult to remember the things that you had in drawers or in a closet. And that's where the photos and the video can be very helpful to refresh your memory to make sure that you can process the information, send it in so that you can proceed with your claim as effectively as possible. While you're on evacuation alert, just remember, be prepared, take a few moments to review the information on alberta.ca slash emergency. And for any insurance questions or information that you might need, you can check out our website at ibc.ca. There's information on emergency preparedness there as well. Stay safe, stay safe, Rachel. Thanks, Rob. 
The next question comes from Joan, who's from East Prairie. And Joan says, if it floods later on in the year and we have to make a second insurance claim, will we still be considered eligible? So I'll actually go back to you, Rob Dupree, with the Insurance Bureau of Canada to please respond. Thank you. This is an interesting question because historically we've seen flooding follow wildfires in some communities. What I want people to recognize is that home insurance commonly covers fire damage, but flood insurance is optional you need to actually add an endorsement onto your home or tenant insurance policy to be covered for flood. If you are evacuated and you return and you do have damage, even if you're in the claims process and you get flooded, you could put in a claim for the flood damage if you have the appropriate coverage. Your insurance policy will remain in force and effect while you're evacuated and then once you return up until your renewal period. So make sure if you're concerned to review your insurance coverages, to know what options are available. And if you think that you don't have flood insurance, reach out to your insurance representative, have that conversation to know what options are available, at what price point to make sure that you can get the coverage that you need at the price that's affordable. Thanks for the question. Thanks, Rob. Our next question was submitted online from Paul. And Paul says, are there mental health services specifically for Indigenous people at the EVAC centers? Is there anything more culturally appropriate? So I'll have my colleague, Corrine Everington, with mental health and addiction, please go ahead. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, thank you so much for the question, Paul. Uh, the types of sort supports that are available at evacuation centers really do vary uh, and it's based on need uh, and, and uh, based on the services that are available in the area. Some evacuation centers do certainly have Indigenous specific supports like uh, specific cultural supports on site. If you are accessing an evacuation center that does not have uh, cultural support on site, please ask one of the staff at the center and the request will come in through our incident commands structure and we'll do our very best to arrange those for you. For additional uh, Indigenous specific resources and support, you can also call the Indigenous support line at 1-844-944-4744 from noon to 8 p.m. Monday to Friday. Once again, 1-844-944-4744. And they have a number of different resources they can connect you with and provide support uh, for you right on the line. Thanks again for your question, Paul. Thanks, Kareem. And we have about uh, 10 minutes left. So we do want to just remind you, if you do have a question, you can enter it by pressing star three on your phone or submitting it online if you're listening on the online portal. We are going to go on to the next question submitted from an online listener. And they say, I'm on evac watch. If I'm told to evacuate, do I have to go to the reception center listed for me? Or can I go to the one that's further south where I have family? Will this impact my ability to get the evacuation payment? So why don't I start with Bree Hutchinson on the location of the evacuation centers? 
Bree, please go ahead. Thank you for your question. So to start off, we do encourage people to go to the evacuation center noted on the evacuation or order that went out. And part of the reason why we encourage to do this is specifically if you do require resources or a place to stay, those communities that have set up those evacuation reception centers are set up for the certain amount of people that will be attending those centers. That being said, uh, you, it's not, in stone that you have to go to the place that's written. If you have family that you're going to go stay with, then of course, please go stay with your family. You do not need to go to an evacuation center to register. You can register online. So if that's the only reason why you need an evacuation center, please do not feel the need to go to the one that has been listed in your order. If you do need services though, I would encourage you to try to go to the one noted, um, but you can also register online for those services. And I'll, I'll turn to my colleague Maggie for the second part of the question. Thank you, Bree. Your eligibility um, caller is really about the seven days. So once you're out of the community at seven days, your eligibility for the emergency evacuation payment begins. The criteria does not include you need to be in an evacuation center assigned to your community per se. But for all the reasons Bree has outlined, it's in your best interest to be able to access services closer to your home. But by all means, if you have family and support, you can register remotely and ensure that you also pre-register for your EEP payment because you can do that prior to the seven days by visiting alberta.ca slash emergency. Thank you. Thanks, Maggie. Our next question is from Dylan and Dylan is from Barhead. Dylan says, has there been any thunderstorms and lightning near the Swan Hills fires? So I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, please go ahead. Good evening, Dylan. Uh, yes, we have been tracking uh, thunderstorms in the area around uh, Swan Hills. We have seen uh, a few scattered sh thunder showers in the Edson and Grand Prairie areas and uh, a few uh, lightning strikes showing on our monitors in the Northwest of the province. So uh, what happens then is that we're, we're aware of where lightning strikes are reported. If uh, the uh, conditions are not so smoky that we're able to fly, we can send out aerial patrols to check out the location of those strikes and ensure that if, uh, if any fires have started that we're able to put them out quickly. Uh, if we're not able to fly, we also have uh, access to um, lookout towers and ground patrols who could do the same thing to investigate where those strikes are and if it appears that there's any smoke in the area. So obviously thunderstorms are a risk at causing wildfire, but it is something uh, that we're used to dealing with, um, particularly as we head later into the summer. And so it is, uh, we do have ways to respond when we know that lightning has struck. Thanks, Christy. Our next question is from Carol, and Carol is from Swan Hills. Carol asks, is there any support for businesses? I'll have my colleague Scott Beebe with Jobs Economy and Northern Development, please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Carol, for your question. We understand that getting back to business as soon as possible is important for business owners and the communities that they serve. So in a situation like this, Insurance is the first line of support for businesses after disaster. And most business insurance policies cover fire damage. I encourage you to speak to your insurance broker 
or insurance representative to determine what coverages are available to you. We're also connecting with local chambers, business associations, regional economic development alliances, and municipalities in areas that were evacuated to determine the impacts of the wildfires on businesses and are assessing what additional business supports may be needed to assist those affected by this situation. I would also encourage you to check out BizConnect. This is the government program that provides wayfinding services to assist business owners in navigating services and supports that are available through the government and partner organizations. Business owners who are impacted by wildfires can reach BizConnect through alberta.ca slash BizConnect. Our partner organization, BusinessLink, also provides free advice and referrals to business supports, and they can be reached at 1-800-272-9675. Thank you very much, Carol. Thanks, Scott. Our next question is from David, who's listening online. And David says, why can't I decide if it's safe enough to return to Fox Creek or to sign a waiver to say I'm returning and I know there might be a risk to myself? So I'll have my colleague Bree Hutchinson with Alberta Emergency Management Agency, please go ahead. Thank you for your question. And I think we all can very much understand the frustration of having to be away from your home for such a long period of time. First and foremost, our priority is your safety and the safety of first responders in the areas whom the evacuation orders are issued. So although you may feel that you can go in, the fact is it's not safe yet. And doing so and entering, even if you accept your own risk, means that we're putting first responders and other people at risk who might have to go in to save you later on. So when we're looking at those evacuation orders, we really need to follow the guidance from local authorities, because it's not just about the risk Europe accepting, but it's the risk that those who would have to go in to rescue you at some point if something changed that also we would have to accept, which we don't think that's appropriate to do in these circumstances when first responders are putting their lives on the line right now. So totally appreciate the frustrations and the stresses of being evacuated, but know that your local authorities are working very closely with all first responders to make sure you can return home as soon as it's possible. And thank you so much for your patience in working with them on this. Thanks for that, Bree. Our next question is submitted from Kane in Sturgeon Lake. And Kane says, what is the update on the Sturgeon Lake fire? So I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Good evening. Well, I can tell you it was a good day of firefighting on the uh, Sturgeon Lake complex. Um, suppression efforts were showing to be effective today and uh, because of smoke they were not able to fly helicopters but all firefighters were deployed to the fire line on the ground so they were able to do um, some good work there. <clears throat> they have been using uh, ignition operations successfully to support the, the uh, fire guard that has been um, put down. So that's fire guard is when uh, heavy equipment or bulldozers clear vegetation to remove fuel from the fire. And then we support that with controlled ignition operations done by firefighters where we can remove further parts of fuel and just widen the break there in between the fire and the community. We're both focusing at the moment on enhancing that, uh, that fire guard on the south and northwest perimeter. 
and uh, wanting to complete uh, the, the guard along the northwest perimeter on the other fire, GWF 023, including the area inside Young's Point Provincial Park. So um, working successfully with two tactics there, using a dozer guard to remove the fuels and then reinforcing that with ignition by firefighters. Uh, we do have structural protection in place and we're working closely with the community to help uh, keep that fire away. Thanks for that, Christy, and thanks again for the questions. Our next one is submitted online by Roger, and Roger says, I'm evacuated and I'm not able to work to pay my bills. Are there any more financial supports for me? Uh, Maggie, I'll have you go ahead uh, with a response from Seniors, Community and Social Services. Thank you, Sarah. I'm sorry to hear about your circumstances, Roger. I know any disruption in employment and income can have a devastating impact, including being able to pay your utility bills. Um, I would recommend that you call 310-4455 and ask for the Income Support Contact Center. We can assess your circumstances and under the Income Supports Program, there's a potential that we may be able to meet your immediate needs through emergency services, financial benefits. Again, that number, Roger, is 310 and ask to speak to the Income Support Contact Center. Thank you for the question. Thanks, Maggie. The next question is from Marlene in Grand Prairie. And Marlene says, are pets allowed in these evacuation centers? So I'll have my colleague Bree from the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, please go ahead. Thank you, Marlene. And a, a question after my own heart here. I think we all know that pets are key members of our families and evacuation centers do note this. So although I can't say what evacuation centers are allowing pets actually in around the centers during the whole time, I do say that our emergency social services teams are very clearly honed in on the issue of pets and the evacuations. And we work closely with our, our colleagues at uh, SPCA among others to ensure that we have good resources and access for accommodations, et cetera, with pets to ensure that you're evacuating your furry family members also get to come with you as well. Thank you, Bree. And I would like to thank everyone for submitting their questions this evening. We hope you were able to find the information you were looking for through this conversation. If you're still looking for information about the wildfire situations and evacuation supports, I encourage you to visit alberta.ca slash emergency or to call 310-4455. I would like to thank everyone for participating in this town hall tonight from the many departments within the government of Alberta and the partners in our conversation, including Alberta Wildfire, the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Alberta Health Services, and the RCMP. We thank you for participating and to help support these important conversations. We will be back again tomorrow on Monday, May 22nd, from 7.30 until 8.30 p.m. If you did not have a chance to have your question answered, we encourage you to participate again, and we will continue to try our best to get through as many questions as possible. Thank you again for joining us. Stay safe and good night.